Home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitt's in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. As long as I continue to make everything look pretty and shiny on the outside, I didn't care how miserable and ugly I felt on the inside. I realized that I deserved a better me, so I can be the wife and the mom that I really wanted to be. If you're ready to get real about addiction treatment, call Karen. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen. Real results. Real care. Real about recovery. All right. There we go. So, again, Boom. Spencer Israel, Patrick Lane. Patrick, it's been a while since you and I have been on the stream it together. It's so been a while, it's great. It's great to talk to you. So here's how the show is going to go today. We're going to bring Charlie on in just a minute here. Uh, talk to him about you know his, his life, his career from football to cannabis, what he's doing now, what Capstone's up to. Uh, after that segment, we will bring on... Our man, Javier Haas, our managing editor of Cannabis here at Benzinga, run through the headlines of the week, what is happening in cannabis land. And uh, that's going to be – oh, there he is in the chat. What's up, Javi? Does that sound like a plan to you, Patrick? It is a plan, my friend. I am thrilled. I'm ready to go. Mr. Charlie Batch next to me. Welcome to Cannabis Insider. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What brings you to, to the Motor City? Oh, man, a little bit of everything. More importantly, here – uh, to do this interview here at Benzinga, so that's first yeah. and foremost. And then, of course, having the opportunity to spread a little love at Eastern Michigan this weekend as oh. our football team is actually hosting their golf tournament on Saturday. Oh, so uh, nice. I'm trying to at least look the part. I can't necessarily say I, I can play, but at least <laughs> nice. you would pick me based on my outfit. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> M- makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right. Uh, let, let's start with this. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of a lot of former athletes um, in, interested in the cannabis space. We've had a number of them on this show. Uh, what, what got you interested in cannabis in the first place? And, and how did this whole thing kind of start for you? Yeah, to be honest with you, it started uh, as my career started to end. And, uh, you know, having injuries, surgeries, arthritis starts to kick in. And I'll, quite frankly, I was abusing pain pills. And early on, my wife was like, listen, I'm not, I don't like where you are and what you're doing. And it, at the pace that you're on, you're probably not going to have a liver or a kidney in 10 years. And at that point, she really went out and studied the plant, said, okay, now she felt a little bit more informed off of it. And then from there, I started kind of dabbling into it. And it took me about three months to kind of figure the right blend that worked for me. And ultimately, you know, from a pain, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, that was the most important thing for me. Um, Those are things that I was losing um, throughout the course of a day. And once I kind of weaned myself off of the pain medications and was on to cannabis, man, I saw my life and my body, the way it was reacting, you know, change pretty much uh, drastically or really uh, instantly. Yeah. Let me follow up on that really quickly, Spence. So, So from a medicinal perspective, Charlie, I mean, that's... That's what we've heard so many times over about how athletes are approaching, you know, the the plant as medicine. Right. Um, was there someone I mean, you're saying your your wife was was really influential in in helping you get to that point where you, you're you're dabbling, you're trying, you're trying to figure out what's going to work for you. Did you know of other athletes at that time that were using cannabis as uh, a supplement or 
some some kind of medical treatment um, to 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 deal with the ails of being a professional athlete. Yeah, you do have players who actually will use that, you know, to kind of cope the pain that they have behind it. I didn't really ask about that because I wasn't necessarily involved in it as I was playing um, because I just didn't understand it, quite frankly. And I didn't want to be that guy that was on the news talking about he was suspended four games for weed. I didn't want to be that guy. But ultimately, as I uh, transitioned away and I just knew how my my body was feeling at that time and the way that I was taking the leaves, I quite frankly, six to eight leaves a day. And when you now go from, you know, just trying to play a game, coming off of that and then ultimately going into regular civilian life, man, those aches and pains hurt, especially as that weather starts to change. Before I wake up, I can tell you if it's under 30 degrees because my body is reacting a certain way. Interesting. I'm wondering if you felt like, like the, almost like the, the doors got blown off and you saw the, your eyes were open to this whole new world that you weren't, you weren't in before it was there, but you didn't, didn't know about it. Yeah. I didn't know about it. And it was one of those things that I had to learn about it. And it got to the point where everybody, at least from my inner circle was comfortable with it then it allowed me to go ahead and explore and figure out what worked for me. Okay, so and around what year was this? This was 2012, 2013. Okay, so you, you start you know, using cannabis uh, you know, uh, for medicinal reasons, and, 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 and you're loving it. It's working for you. Uh, so how do you go from, from someone who's you know, kind of just discovered the space to now you – I'm going to put some money behind this. I'm going to join a firm. How does that whole thing happen? How does that – that trajectory go yeah i think for me it was more or less you know, you get approach you know for different investment opportunities but okay. it was more or less what i was comfortable with and if i wasn't able to do it there was something i wasn't going to invest in um so as i kind of looked into it then i started you know exploring the cbd space then you start looking at topicals okay these things are starting to work okay. and then ultimately um you're just trying to figure out what other opportunities are out there and when i started now uh, becoming more and more involved our chairman of, of capstone uh, keith holdings I mean, I'm sorry, Keith Stone from Capstone Holdings. He actually um, was like, wow, I didn't realize that you were as, as involved as much as, as what you are. And when I started showing interest and in things that he was kind of being involved with, he said, hey, man, maybe there are a lot of things that are aligned for us. And from there, um, you know, he said, hey, if you uh, want to be a part of what we're building here. And I said, absolutely. And he said, welcome aboard. So, yeah, go sorry, ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, yeah, no, go, so, ahead. go ahead. You're, you're, so, mm-hmm. so when it comes to how you you took that offering, right? And I would imagine, obviously, being a professional athlete, being uh, somebody in the spotlight, people are going to approach you for those investment opportunities, good and bad. But hooking up with Keith and Capstone, I mean, tell us a little bit about the firm. Tell us a little bit about their trajectory. It seems like they've done so much over the years in different spaces. I'd love to hear about what those spaces are. And then, of course, now the cannabis space, how they decided to, to take that leap. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, for him, uh, Keith, he was, he was a big in fintech. And then ultimately, when you talk about real estate, autonomous vehicles, a lot of things that he was involved with from an investment strategy do that. And when you have a family office, people are reaching out to him on a regular basis because he's very active <laughs> as it relates to on LinkedIn platform. So when you are responding to him, he responds back. So those are things that he uh, is passionate about. And also just as he's building a team and ultimately he said, listen, we want to now, you know, look at other uh, strategic investments, but but let's see if we can focus on the cannabis space. And the name kind of came about because um, as Cureleaf was going through their raise, uh, he put 50 million into Mm -hmm. Cureleaf. 
And ultimately, that just was like, whoa, who is this company? <laughs> and then from there, um, you know, another $25 million into Alera Health, Terrison. And at that point, that's whenever the deals really started kind of flowing through. And these are things that he always looked for, anything cutting-edge technology. You know, what's the differ- differentiator um, that you're doing in the cannabis space that somebody else is not doing? So we want to hear the stories. We want to work with the leadership teams. We're not trying to come in. We're not trying to run your company. We're trying to help and we're trying to grow alongside of you to get you to where you're looking to go. And that's something that uh, Keith is very passionate about, especially from the medicinal standpoint. And one, yeah, I was just going to clarify that too, Charlie. Thank you. So it's it's a medicinal cannabis that we're talking about here. And then also give us a little color on on debt versus equity where Capstone is playing mainly these days. Yeah, the Capstone is not playing in the equity side at this point, mainly just just that debt structure at this point. And um, we have been approached on many different aspects as it relates to what we be considering an equity play in that. And that's something right now we just have not involved with. Can't say we won't get to that point, but right now, sure. based off our investment philosophy, it's strict, strictly debt structure at that point. And we play in the $15 million and above range. Uh, it, we've got it on the screen there, you know, your title, you're the VP of Strategic Investments. What exactly does that mean? What exactly is your role here? Well, a lot of it, you know, there's it's not just one thing that I'm focusing on as a relationship to just cannabis, you know, because I will be approached whether that's, uh, you know, somebody in the real estate, whether sure. talking about um, you know, fintech, automotive. Okay. So there are a lot of different um, conferences that I will go out and actually attend. And then also learning everything that they were involved with prior to me coming onto the company full time in November, sure. because I just didn't know all the insights that were going on. I heard about things that they were looking at on the outside. But that was secondhand information. But when you now are involved in the company, understanding the investment philosophy, understand what that litmus test looks like when you're uh, taking a look at a deal. These are things that you ultimately learn. And it's been a whirlwind over the last six months that I've been a part of it. But also, uh, you know, I'm excited because it's something different every single day. Can you talk through some of that philosophy a little bit? And like what sort of characteristics you, you look for in the company? I mean, obviously, we're, we're talking medical marijuana here, but like what... In terms of just the, like the leadership, the C-suite, I mean, what, what sort of things like – because the, the things that you're looking at and the things that like people like me are looking at and people in our chat are looking at is at, 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 at public companies, it's the same sort of logic, right? It's the same sort of thought process. Mm-hmm. So like what sort of things do you look for? Well, I, like, I love to meet the, leader, the leadership team. Yeah. I want to sit down face-to-face with those guys. I want to have a conversation. Yes, the decks are sweet. They're attractive. Oh, they're, they're also convincing. <laughs> they're also convincing too, aren't they, Patrick? Yeah. And they, they are. really and, are. And I'm not downgrading anybody. And when I say that, it's the fact of now let's dive deeper. Okay. And ultimately, I want if we're serious about it and the conversations get to that point, I want to take a site visit. So I want to get down meet with the leadership team. I want to take a tour of what your facility looks like. And I'm to kind of get an idea of what I'm looking for. And as we walk through and then being able to now write a report and share it with our team and then jump on a call and get everybody comfortable to the point of saying, OK, what are the expectations of a deal? And then ultimately, what does it look like from your terms versus our terms? And let's see if we can work a deal out. So, Charlie, one one quick follow up to that. I mean, the, the, the markets are what they are right now. I think we're, we're all just kind of finding our. Our, our path forward here. You've been at other industry events. I've seen you there. You came to our conference down in Miami uh, a month ago. There, there is a, a buzz to this space right now. There is a genuine excitement across the cannabis industry, and you can feel it when you're in person with a lot of these folks. And I know you know that, right? What's your sentiment on this space right now? And, and maybe it would just help the investors watching, the folks that are, that are on with us, how do you feel about it? How should they be looking at it? 
Yeah, I, I love how everybody works together. And, you know, it's one thing to do and be a part of a conference virtually. But when you fi- finally get in person, and I was able to do that in October um, at the MJ Biz Conference. And I'm kind of floating around. I'm learning who people are, just getting a feel for the industry. But, you know, at that time in Vegas, every, you had a mask on. So didn't, nobody really realized that that was me kind of walking through um, the actual. Good, good and bad. I, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Walking through the exhibits, walking and meeting. People just didn't know who I was at that point, which was pr- pretty cool. And then as you kind of learn it, you see the energy, you see people wanting to work together. Yeah. And then ultimately you kind of continue on. And, and as you continue to build a relationship with people and they start inviting you to different conferences, whether that's an investor conference in Miami. What Then you turn around and have your conference in April uh, down in Miami, which was phenomenal, by the way. For anybody who haven't been there, that is a must-to event to go to the Benzinga. So if you see that name, trust me. I did me, not be... pay Charlie to go there. So. <laughs> it is well I worth I you going there. And I, and I promise you, and, I'm, and you all didn't have me, have me say that, um, but I'm just giving my experience. And the way that you had everybody interacting, you had thousands of people, whether that was the exhibit, vendor show, you know, the conferences, the speakers, everybody was accessible, and that was the beauty of it. And then having that opportunity to kind of follow up, and as the more and more that I, the more that I get involved in this, the more that you continue to see people, and everybody in the conversation is excited. And quite frankly, we all have to kind of work together because right now, it's still, federal, it's not federally legal. And until we get to, uh, until we get to that point of legalization, yeah. we're all going to have to continue to work together. And that's the beauty of it. That's why I love this sector and the people that you meet along the way. I, I, can you can you talk about what else is in the capstone portfolio? Can you can you get specific on that? As far, yeah, 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 I mean, and a lot of it is all on our, our portfolio website. Okay. So you can kind of see all the investments. You see there's a $25 million uh, investment, that uh, Australian real estate deal okay. um, that uh, was going down. So hopefully I get a chance to go down to Australia a little bit and, uh, and see that. Uh, but ultimately, when you just kind of look through, there are, um, you know, we have a staffing, uh, a cannabis staffing uh, company that we've invested in called United Green, located here in Michigan. They're doing mm-hmm. phenomenal things as now uh, people who are companies who are looking to grow, but they need talent. And that's one of the companies that we uh, fully support, the United Green, located in Auburn Hills, Michigan, uh, by the guy by the name of Craig Petersmark, a fellow Eastern Michigan alumni. So yeah, phenomenal that way. Uh, I got to plug my guy there. Do you, um, do but, ultim- <laughs> but as you kind of just go through, there are a lot of different things, autonomous vehicles, right. um, you know, uh, uh, mobility, anything of that nature, you can kind of see it on our portfolio site. So these are things that if, um, you know, obviously we're talking cannabis in this particular space. Right. Um, so I don't want to kind of do- divulge and, and no, no, but let's, kind of let's, go that direction. Let's dive into that for a second, Charlie, because o- only because I think it's really interesting. There's still a lot of investors circling the cannabis space. They're not quite ready. Um, you know, the whole federally legal thing is, is obviously a, still a linchpin for, for a lot of investors out there. But I think it's interesting that Capstone was in fintech, in real estate, and then started getting into, obviously, autonomous vehicles. You've got some emerging markets there. Um, and, and you look at those, and then you say cannabis, right? Did you have any conversations with Keith or Heather, um, the, the two partners that run Capstone, for anybody who didn't know that? Um, did you have any conversations with them about jumping into cannabis, about their reasoning for diving into cannabis specifically, or to, to them, is it just another emerging market? I mean, can you give us a little flavor there? Yeah, I, I think, well, obviously any emerging market you were going to look at. Um, right. But prior to me getting on there, that was something that, that was an interest of theirs, especially from a medicinal standpoint. Um, but ultimately, um, for me, 
as I continued the conversations with uh, with Keith, who's a fellow Eastern Michigan alumni as well. So we have a really good relationship. His wife, Heather, uh, they uh, co-founded the company. Um, just talking to them over time, and they get learn what your passions are. And mm-hmm. when you talk about you know some of the real estate stuff, then you start talking about philanthropy space, which I have my own foundation, which is the Best of the Batch Foundation, located in Pittsburgh, and we service 3,800 kids annually throughout southwestern Pennsylvania. So learning about that as he got a chance to learn who I was. I learned a passion and thought some of the things that he was doing in the philanthropy space. And then all of a sudden it got to the point where saying, Hey, what are you, what are you doing in the cannabis space? And he's like, Whoa, like I didn't realize that you were paying attention. And ultimately we were actually set to go to MJ biz in uh, October of last year, his schedule changed. He wasn't able to go. And he said, Hey, Charlie, would you still want to go out there? I went out there by myself. And literally was out there working a the room, seeing what the uh, you know what this sector was about. And ultimately, after I came back and wrote that report, he was like, "Wow, I didn't realize that you were as serious as what you are." And I'm just like, I just know how it impacts my body. I know how it changed my life. And at that point, it allowed me to continue to now navigate into that space. And then it came on full time in November. Then that's whenever I went from understanding what they were doing in the cannabis space and everything else that they have underneath their portfolio. And that's why I mentioned earlier in the show over the last six months has been a a whirlwind because I learn something new every single day. I get excited because every day is not the same. And I look forward to that every single morning. Uh, It seems to me from the outside that the the NFL alumni community seems like a very tight knit community. Uh, I'm wondering, have you worked with any other former players at all. You're not the only player, as I mentioned, that's involved in cannabis uh, after their career. Uh, we've, we've talked to Calvin Johnson uh, on this very show. So uh, have you got heard from other players at all? I have. And, yeah. uh, you know, but my time as I was when I was playing, I was on the executive committee for the NFLPA. Okay. So I was part in negotiation sessions that took place in that 2010-2011 lockout. Um, that we were heading into. So I was on the front lines. I understood the conversations that were happening as it relates to the cannabis space. Uh, we knew our players were taking it because they were trying to wean themselves off of it. But how did the NFL look at that from a you know perception um, play? And um, you can start to kind of see the you know they're kind of getting a little bit looser as it relates to some of those restrictions. But ultimately, now our former p- player population are using it a lot more as they're weaning themselves off of opioids. So yeah. you see the pl- active players, they are paying attention to it, but also we're letting them know that, hey, there is a, a resource for you to be able to at least take advantage of, um, at least educate yourself on the space, and if you feel like it works for you, then ultimately you do what's best for you. And, no, and Sorry, go ahead, Spence. No, I, I just like as we sort of you know come, come to the end here, what, what do you feel like, like Capstone's edge is? Or what is your, your edge? Yeah, I think looking at it, I think ultimately, um, you know, we love working with the founders and seeing what their visions are. And like I said, we're not trying to, you know, take over the company. We want to align and work directly with you. And, you know, if you have you want to see what your vertical play is, what is your extra strategy? You know, it's just something that you're just doing your leisure. You know, we want to know all of that because we also want to understand the expectations when we come in as a partner. And then ultimately we exit together. I want to make sure that everybody is is a win win relationship. And ultimately, everybody gets what they want from the beginning to the end. And I think that's probably our sweet spot as, uh, you know, we're not trying to take full control of the company. So if we can work with you, again, we play in that $15 million and above range. We only play on the debt side of it, not equity. And if that's the case, please, you can go right on to CapstoneHoldings.com and um, CapstoneHoldingsInc.com. And you actually can see everything that we have underneath and reach out to us. And we have no problem with having a conversation to see how we can work together. 
Uh, Patrick, I wanted to give Javi uh, uh, one last crack. Unless you had something else you wanted, you wanted, no, you wanted to add. No, go for it, man. All right. Javier Haas is the managing editor of Benzinga Cannabis, and he wanted to hop in with one last one before we let you hop here. Uh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Javi. Javi, fix your mic, man. Your, your mic is doing all sorts of uh, wonky wow, things there. That was that was special. That was scary. Uh, give me the thumbs up when, when you get your mic. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. He says good now. He's ready. Let's try it. Is this better? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I changed the Mac uh, one, so it should be worse, but whatever. Okay. I have my first ever football, uh, a gift from Michael Murray at Benzinga. I, I never knew about football. That is why I um, I asked you to take over today, Charlie. Thank you so much for joining us. Insider. Uh, thank you for the support. Uh, I, I really wanted to join right now because I was looking at your portfolio, right? And, and I was seeing, and you were talking about Ilera, right? Now, nowadays, it's Celera. Celera is one of the few uh, publicly traded cannabis companies led by a black man, period. There's like the parent company and Celera. Uh, so I wonder, what, what is the, the diversity focus at the fund right now? Do you place a focus on diversity? Are you agnostic? What is the situation there? Yeah, I mean, I would love the opportunity to have my more minority investors, more minority founders in this particular space. Is that something that I initially look for? No, I, I want to understand the company for uh, first and foremost. But that's one of the things I look at from the leadership team. You know, where's the diversity? How are you helping? You know, our people, quite frankly, to see if you can elevate them into spaces that they are no currently no longer currently in at this point. So yes, I look for that. Um, but it's not it's at the top of the radar initially, but those conversations do come up. Awesome. And well, I see that football there. I was letting you know, I was, you know, if you were here, I would show you that Super Bowl ring that I'm sitting here <laughs> right there <laughs> looking at you. I was going to trade you a little wait, bit. Wait, here, wait, let's zoom in on this. Zoom in, zoom, zoom in, in on it. Get that ring. Zoom that's in on that's that Super ring. Bowl 43 right there, as you can see. That's that uh, Steelers. Arizona Cardinal victory uh, down in Tampa, Florida. And, uh, and, oh, that was a yes, good one. 2008. That, that was, was San Antonio Holmes. That, that, that was that was the Larry, Larry Fitzgerald, San Antonio Holmes. That Absolutely. was that game. Yes, it was. That, that game was that, <laughs> that game was bonkers. I remember yes, that game. That was the James Harrison game, right? With yes, the, it was. Oh, the crazy part is if James Harrison did that at the end, he's the Super Bowl MVP. Oh, if man. San Antonio yeah. catches the ball. On third, on second down versus third down, Ben Roethlisberger is the Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> so a whole lot of things happen in that particular game. Better yet, if Ben doesn't drive down the field, Larry Fitzgerald is the Super Bowl yeah, MVP. So yeah. there's a lot of storylines that happen in that game. I'm glad that we were fortunate enough to uh, come out on top of that, that game. That, that game was nuts, though. I remember that. It, it was, was back, good one. back and forth till the end. All right, Charlie Batch is the Senior Vice President of Strategic Investments at Capstone Holdings. It's been an absolute pl- pleasure to have you on the show, to have you in studio uh, and 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 thanks for thanks for stopping by today, man. Not a problem. Appreciate thanks it. for having me. Keep doing what you're doing, guys. I mean, you are doing a phenomenal job. In my experience, that I've been with you all over the last couple months. Thank you very much. Top notch. Keep continued much success to you all. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate that. Thank you, Charlie. All right, uh, let's let's do this, guys. Let's, uh, uh, Javi. We brought you in to do some headlines. You want to go mm-hmm. over some headlines uh, briefly here? Yes, sir. The big news, you know, of, of the week uh, since. Tuesday, of course, because we already went through the, the initial news of the week. Mm-hmm. Canopy Growth, CGC on the NASDAQ, is acquiring Jetty Extracts in, in some <laughs> shape, way, or form. So what, what, what's going on is Canopy is, is in a sort of acquisition spree in the U.S., but not really acquiring the companies, right? Because Canopy is a Canadian licensed producer that trades on the NASDAQ, but their business is federally legal in, Can- in Canada, 
they can list on the NASDAQ, right? But they can't uh, participate in the THC side of things in the US. This is why their strategy is acquiring the option to acquire companies when THC is federally permissible. That's all they can do, right? That's all they can do. So they did a similar deal with Wanna Brands. They did a similar deal with Acreage Holdings, which is ACRHF. They have a significant conditional ownership interest in Terrasen, TRSSF, and now Jetty Extracts, one of the top uh, extracts companies in the cannabis space. They're also looking to take some of their products to Canada. Very interesting move. Patrick, what do you think? So you this like- is this is interesting to me on a couple of levels, right? And and what Javi just the knowledge you just dropped is is really important to take into consideration here, right? You, let's take for example the acreage deal, right? Constellation bought Canopy, right? Uh, massive deal. Um, Canopy invests what was it, Javi? Four billion or or something crazy into the assets of of Acreage Holdings, right? Yeah. To, or the right to acquire them. Th- that that deal. I mean, if you if you take a look at that deal, if you look at the movement of those two companies in in recent history, it almost looks as if they are somewhat moving away from one another. Right. So, I mean, it it doesn't take an expert to 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 find that out. Right. But I would say I would not be surprised, again, just my own opinion, if that deal goes in the opposite direction, if they divest acreage right and and start focusing on brands right wana was a was a really really good move for canopy i think uh jetty i think supports the wana acquisition one thing that would one thing that would just concern me here not not concern necessarily but uh you got to be really mindful of is the market right now is very sensitive to valuations and you, you saw a lot of these deals from 2018 uh which seemed like amazing deals at the time uh Really, mm-hmm. really come back to bite some of these firms really in the butt. Um, so let's let's just be mindful of premiums that are being paid oh, yeah. for these deals because the market will not will will not forgive you for overpaying for anything right now. What so, uh, do you honestly? I'm not sure I agree with Patrick. But usually, is never the case. But here's yeah. how I see it. I am not sure if they will divest. Acreage. Here's why. Oh, interesting. Is kind of a cultivation asset that they need in the U.S. Wana gives them the footing in edibles. Jetty Extracts gives them a, a fantastic footing in extraction and concentrates. And then they have BioSteel as an investment, which is already owned mm. by them, right? Mm-hmm. BioSteel makes sports beverages and CBD beverages, but they intend to get into into the uh, the cannabis space, into a THC space. I think when. When it's permissible right so they have all these different assets right covering the entire supply chain the production the distribution the edibles the drinks now the the concentrates right so i don't really know it's i'm not saying they they won't divest it because it's a very valuable asset and they probably develop their own or even start importing when cannabis is federally legal in the us why not import active pharmaceutical ingredients from Colombia or Ecuador or or Southern Africa, right? But for the time being, I see how all these coexist and make a lot of sense, right? And and, and it's definitely part of of, of David Klein's and and his team strategy, which is very well defined, right? They really know what they're doing. They want to build a CPG house of brands, right? So they need all of these different assets, I feel. They, They definitely need them. 
I think the the question remains, at least for me, is if if they can support them. You know, um, I mean, I mean that is that's what's going to be the the key in the end. Uh, well, but I agree. With you. That's what someone said in the chat as well. I think Obi said like they they are buying too much and are having to downsize now to meet earnings. Hexo yeah. Aurora for another. Obi Aurora is a really good a good one. Uh, Obi, that's that's one that you know some in, an investor said to me recently and and this is one person's opinion right but saying that aurora will be insolvent in six months right everybody has their opinion like that about a company especially in cannabis right um but but you never know i mean you look at you look at these poor canadians right and i say poor canadians because and and we could talk about this all day you guys i'll shut up in a second i promise but but the the canadian industry right these guys are now cutting jobs. They're selling off assets. They're doing everything they possibly can just to yeah. stay afloat. And, and it and some of it is because they've made these massive, these massive deals, right? The, the constellation. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think Constellation's happy right now? What, Wait, what, what, what how, going through Constellation's how, minds? How, how how bad did they have to write down the uh, their their canopy stake? I forget what it was now, but it was uh, it was a lot. It was a it lot. Was, so. I don't think they're unhappy. I'm sure that they knew what they were getting into. Uh, and also, a lot of people from Constellation are now running Canopy. David Klein used to be the CFO. Right. Um, the, the current uh, chief innovation officer, Julian Cohen, used to be a, a, a very important guy at Constellation as well, right? Totally. So yeah. they, they are betting big on this, right? I think they understand this is a very long-term play, just like many tobacco players understand that as well. It's like, okay, we need to get into the industry now, for when it explodes. They understand that spending a little bit of money because for, for Constellation, it's not a bunch of money, right? It's a little bit of money to make sure that you are a part of one of the top five companies in the world. Makes sense, right? It's oh, hard to explain it, it to them. Absolutely makes sense. On a day-to-day trading basis. Absolutely makes sense. Obi, Obi has a comment here. They tried to control the game and it's like trying to stranglehold an entire country's commodity in the specific product. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could make that argument. I mean, market share is changing in Canada on a daily basis. Right. So it's yeah. I mean, we should probably move on. We spent a ton of time on this one, but, but I do think I do think Obi's got a point. All right. Yeah. Javi, I think we got time for one, for one or two more. So why don't you, yeah. why don't you what, what do you got for Let's us? Let's do a rapid fire. Israel just uh, announced they uh, completed the first shipment of cannabis seeds to the U.S., this could open a very interesting avenue between Israel, which is a pioneer in the cannabis world and in cannabis science, especially, and the U.S. I'm very excited about that. You can get all the details on Benzinga.com slash cannabis. There was also a very interesting conversation between David Letterman and um, mm, Kevin mm, Durant. Kevin Durant yeah. basically told him, I'm high right now. Um, another great story to check out at Benzinga.com slash cannabis. And of course, a bunch of analysts uh, reports and notes on things like Sundial, which re- recently reported earnings, Acreage, which which we were just talking about, and, and there's an analyst who says it's an arbitrage play at Acreage, and um, um, there's uh, the one on Cresco Labs as well, which is very interesting as they complete their acquisition of Columbia Care. So Benzinga.com slash cannabis for all these news and many, many more. So that link is up on the screen. As a reminder, this show is available as a podcast. If you're listening to this podcast, you're like, yeah, duh, I'm doing that right now. But if you're watching this show on YouTube, you need to know that. Now you know this show is available as a podcast. And also check out our podcast, Cannabis Daily, right? That we do, as the name would imply, every single day. 
Wow. Again, check it out. I know no, we're that I good. Why, why do you take credit? We. Oh no, I I didn't say I didn't say me. I don't do it. Elliot, sorry, Elliot Lane, who's normally in in this seat, uh, does that does that podcast. So Elliot Lane gets all the credit because it's his podcast. We just promote it. Um, all right, uh, Patrick Lane, Javier Haas, and guys, any any thoughts? Any final thoughts on? on any of this on talking to Charlie batch, which was very cool for me. Cause again, I, there weren't for, for, for whatever reason, I, I honestly did have his card as a kid. I don't know why I had his card, but uh very cool blast from the past. So uh, I loved it. Great job. I, I always think it's really cool to see these former athletes get yep. really, really involved. We saw Isaiah Thomas at our conference, right. And what he's mm-hmm. done yep. in one world. Right. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see the, the second life in their careers and at a really high level, I mean, geez, Charlie's a wealth of knowledge. Dude, I was I was surprised at, with with that, right? Like we often as a society think athletes lack depth uh, because they finish a match and they go like, yeah, we just did our best, whatever. But then you know they 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 finish their careers and some of them develop these massive amounts of knowledge, right? Like like Charlie, like you said, Isaiah Thomas. Al Harrington, right? You mm-hmm. sit down with him. Even Kevin Durant. Israel. Israel. And, and, and they know their stuff. They know their investments. Well, right? that's what I, I was going to say that as well, is Javi's. You never know with these former athletes. Are they coming on for their network, for their face, for their persona? But, like, clearly that's a guy that, like, knows his stuff from the investment perspective, right? Oh, yeah. Right. So, like, awesome. I think it's awesome. Um, and, yeah, very so impressed. very cool. Very impressed. All right. Uh, Patrick Lane. Javier Haas, I'm a Spencer Israel. This has been Cannabis Insider. It's been great to join you guys today. And uh, I think that'll be a wrap. Pleasure, man. Peace. home. They say it's where the heart is. They also say it's wherever you make it. They don't say it's where you unload your stuff, get tired halfway through unpacking, use some boxes as furniture, realize your oven mitts in a box that doubles as a nightstand, don't want to buy a new nightstand, and use a towel as an oven mitt instead. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on renters and car insurance. Easier than grabbing a piping hot pan with a towel that's a bit too thin and trying to quickly get it to the counter. Ooh, hot, 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 hot. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. This episode is brought to you by Verizon. Get a Verizon Business Unlimited plan from the network businesses rely on. Hey, Monica, with 5G ultra-wideband in many more cities, you get up to 10 times the speed at no extra cost. Hello, downloads in no time. Plus, unlimited premium data and hotspot data to keep the signal flowing and your teams going. Come in or book an appointment with a Verizon business expert to find the right plan for your team. 5G ultra-wideband available in over 1,700 cities with Business Unlimited Pro 2.0 smartphone plan. Speed comparison is to median Verizon 4G LTE speeds. Download speeds may vary depending upon network and coverage conditions and content optimization for 5G ultra-wideband. Jeep Freedom Days are here, where right now, well-qualified returning FCA lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2022 Grand Cherokee WK Laredo E4x4 for $369 a month for 36 months with $3,799 due at signing. Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. 
Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution, at least across Chrysler Capital. Lessee is responsible for termination fees. Current lease must end by 7-3-23. Extra charge for miles over 30,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 7-5-22. Jeep is a registered trademark.